All right, so we're on back here in the Living Remnant podcast studio. I'm joined this evening by a good friend of mine, uh, Justin Sheffield, and we're going to have a little chat. But before we do, let me welcome to the show. How's it going, Justin? I'm doing very well. Much self. I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad tomorrow's Friday. How's That's your week true. been going? Busy. Busy as always. It's yeah. hot. Yeah, this week uh, has been kind of a special week for us. We celebrated Oliver's birthday this week. So yeah. He turned one. And uh, this last Sunday, we had a little get-together and had some unusually cool weather for July, so that was... Yeah, that was really special. Who would have thought we'd have a... We'd be celebrating your son's first birthday, like, if you look back, like, three years ago or... I know. Four years ago. Of either one of us, I can't imagine. I never thought... I mean, you know, even when I got the news about Oliver, I I still, you know, really till he came, I struggled to even accept it as a reality. (laughs) It seems out of character. You and I go, go way, way back. Yes, we do. Um, you know, Justin actually, you know, you, you lived with me for a while and we, we were, we were really close friends and I think we helped each other through a tough time in our, in our respective lives. Um, but anyway, this last weekend we went and, and saw a speaker. Um, and it was kind of special for us because this speaker was a, played a pivotal role, um, in, in my return to the church and a big change in both our mindsets. And, and you really been really kind of moving down that path that led at Adventism was was because of this. And his name is Walter Veith. And you may not know who he is when you hear this, or or you may know exactly who I'm talking about. I didn't know about him. You know, I was raised in the Adventist church, so it's not like some famous figure. And I don't think evangelists are necessarily famous anyway. Maybe inside the church some people feel that yeah, way. Yeah, we have our, our celebrity evangelists inside the Adventist church, certainly. And I think maybe that just goes with the territory of, that kind of thing. Good speakers, you know, people that can deliver a message. Yeah. You know, they develop a following. But anyway, I, I was not aware of this guy. Um, but several years ago, and I really can't even remember exactly when. We need to ask Sam sometime. But another good uh, friend of ours, a family friend of mine that I grew up with, uh, gave me this pack of burned DVDs in a CD case. He had heard that I had had some interest in secret societies and that kind of thing that I, I can't even remember at the time. This is, you know, this is before you and I were hanging out like that. I guess I, maybe 10 years ago, probably. Anyway, he gave me this pack of CDs and it never really made it past. I had good intentions to listen to them and they sat on my entertainment center. I had a little entertainment center in the living room and they sat there by the center speaker for their surround sound. So, you know, fast forward several years. And so Justin and I are living together and I only mention that because we spent a lot of time together. Yep. Um, you know, we were kind of transitioning in between careers at the time, I think is yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to put that. Yeah. And so I, I want to kind of paint this whole picture, you know, and I, I think there's a story to tell here. And I know you've probably told this a time or two, but I don't know that I've ever had this conversation with you. And certainly I thought it'd be cool to record it. So you and I were were actually still involved, I think, at that point with a network marketing company, right? I, or was this kind of after? I think this was after. I think this was after. But, yeah. I, you know, just to take one step back for me, we both had been in, in a company, and I had actually been in one before. And if you're not familiar with network marketing or multi-level marketing or direct sales or any of that, it's, it's a pyramid scheme. Maybe that's a, that'll resonate with you. Yes, and so we were part of this company. Well, 
I bring that up only to say that a big chunk of what goes around in that industry, of all these people who are part of an organization who kind of work by themselves and sell a product or sell the organization, is this whole idea of self-development. And personal development. Is that self-improvement? What's the word? Yeah, there's a personal development. So that's, and there's a huge industry around this, come to believe. I wasn't ever heavily exposed to it until I got in network marketing. You start getting handed books by guys mm-hmm. like the Jim Rohns. And what was that book that you read? That you Greatest were- Salesman of the World. One of my mentors, this was before um, the we got sucked into the network marketing thing. And one of my mentors told me, if you want to be successful, read this book. Yeah. And I read it. I read it to where I memorized chapters of it. and I still quote a couple <clears throat> things from that book to this day. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and maybe it's even worth prefacing. There are certainly things written in some of those books that are very valuable lessons oh, and insights on people. Absolutely. They're principles, and principles can be applied to just about anything. But, you know, you and I are the kind of person that we weren't just satisfied with a few principles. We kept wanting to dive deeper. Yes. Like, what's that next piece? What's that next yes thing i wanted to learn more i was desperately trying to find success uh working with a business that just didn't work i couldn't see that at the time but i was very caught up in this personal development um you know justin and i actually i got handed i had a mentor at the time who was very successful in this company um and it was you know the big flash and i was very impressed at the time and he gave me another pack of cds and this, I'm not going to, I don't want to get into all yeah. of that. I'm not really encouraging people to look any of this stuff up or anything, <clears throat> but it was a pack of season. It, it was just kind of like a step further down this personal development thing, which if you know anything about that industry or anything, its roots are in occultism. Absolutely. And, and it's basically a modern day rework of something that's been around for a long time. Probably and, since the beginning of time, really. It's just principles that are repackaged. Exactly. And so this guy talked about a lot of things and being able to do things that were maybe beyond reality and all that. And I remember that you and I got pretty sucked into this whole, all this stuff. And he he introduced all these ideas of all these secret groups that were working in the background. And it was this whole big thing. And I just felt like you and I got pretty wrapped up into this whole concept of, of this thing. And so I'm painting a picture here of, you know... You you and I were getting into all this, and I, I remember getting into, like, meditation. Yeah, I did also. And that's not like... You know, people think of that as, like, a harmless thing, like sitting yeah. quietly in a room and listening to some music and burning some incense. And this is like a, you know, basically you asphyxiate yourself so that you have, like, out-of-body experience. Yeah. It's, it's a dangerous, like, crazy thing. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what it was. And, and also, um, you know, my whole life, I had... I was always one to to question things, and I was always heavy into the unknown and the supernatural, and I I would, I guess you call them conspiracy theories, conspiracies and stuff like that, so that stuff always, I was very curious about that kind of stuff. I remember you showing me some videos on YouTube about like the reptilians. Oh, oh so crazy embarrassing. You no, but it's, you know, it's, but it is what it is. It's it, on your journey. We it, watched. That's the, right. It's all down this whole thing. Yeah. What is interesting to take a stop note of any of these things is that as crazy as some of the ideas were, or even the people that were presenting them, the idea that things are not as they seem in this world was a very congruent, powerful. There's yes. a lot of proof 
a lot of evidence, I yes. guess, a lot of evidence that would suggest that things are maybe not as they seem in this mm-hmm. world. And so going down this path, I think it really culminated with a book that was exceptionally dark. And I, I, that seemed to be a kind of the oh, end culmination. that's right. Yes. By probably the most famous author of this whole genre. Yes. And it was a very spiritualistic book and a very spiritualistic look into how to manipulate people. And so we were at this very curious place and we were messing in things that I, we had no business. I didn't, you know, to me, I should have known better that how dangerous this was at the time. It was like, oh, these people, maybe they believe in a higher power. I remember hearing some of the New Age mess, and you start to get confused at the things they say. And they're, they're, they talk about God a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't deny yeah. the existence of God. Yeah. But the truth is, is it's very dangerous. And I, and so there's this, this turn of events. So there's a stack of CDs sitting on the table. And how did that come about? How did you end up watching them? Just, I, I don't quite remember the details. <clears throat> so I think we had watched some video on YouTube that was... I don't know what it was titled. I just know it was it was it made me think and it was pretty profound and it was about it was basically that that, that things aren't what they seem and that you know maybe there's something nefarious going on behind the scenes or behind closed doors and we were talking with your father. We we spent a lot of time with with your dad then cuz he's someone that I've always looked up to and he's kind of been a mentor to me and uh I guess we had brought up some of this stuff that that we had seen on there, and he said, "Well, Brad, you have those those CDs that so and so gave you, Walter Vyth. I think Justin would like that." And I was like, "What are they about?" And he started telling me, and I was like, "Wow, that sounds really interesting." Um, <clears throat> so as soon as I, as soon as we got home, I put the first DVD in and started watching it, and it was Walter Vyth's Total Onslaught series. And I think it was like 54 hours of lecture or something like that. I ended up watching it in two weeks. I mean, there were days that I would watch it for, you know, 12 hours straight. And I just couldn't get enough of it. And um, it started out with, you know, I think the first one in the series is, uh, it was about Christ. Was Christ who... He is said that he is. Is Christ what the Bible said that he was? Right. Because there's that. different 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 religions, different people view Christ in a different way. But who was Christ really was the first one. And that just kinda got me hooked and it kinda went along um it went along and went down certain rabbit holes. And uh, I don't want to get too far ahead. No, um, no, it's fine. I'm I'm interested to hear this part. I like So it, it went down it went down t- many different rabbit holes and it was kind of like a culmination of every conspiracy every thing that I had ever questioned or studied or been curious about in my entire life kind of was all put together in with these lectures it was like the missing puzzle piece that put everything together that and it was basically just exposing the great controversy. Exactly. That's that's kind of the the, the big picture. And it view. kind of the what it what it boiled down to with me is there's no gray area. Everything is white or black. Everything is a battle between Christ and Satan. 
There's no in-between. There's no other way to heaven through any other religions except for uh, a biblical-based, Christ-centered religion. No man comes to the Father but by me. Amen. And um, that's it. just kind of it tied everything together. And, and it's really interesting that after I listened to those lectures, I wasn't really curious about conspiracies anymore because I guess I was just searching for truth. I just wanted to get to the what is the the bottom line to all this because that's that's the way I function. It's like what's the bottom line to this? You know, that was <clears throat> what you were saying not to stop you, but the there was this difference thinking about his lectures, you know, when you watched whatever it was about I don't know. I don't want to get into all the stupid stuff, but you know, you, yeah. whatever whatever topic it was, aliens or or some government conspiracy, it was always a lot of conjecture. You yes. know, a lot of guessing. Yes, and you could tell the people didn't know. I mean, they they felt like they had some idea. And they were expressing their opinions. A lot of opinions. Yes. When you watch these lectures, it was you got to the end of it, and you're like, well, that's pretty much irrefutable. There's really no need to argue with this. It's it Out just of the is horses, straight from the horse's <laughs> mouth. He used their information that is public you know about the the catholic church and and these different organizations it was pretty it was pretty cut and dry and another thing is all of his lectures are christ focused you know i think this this podcast is about the the controversy behind walter vyth and i think so many people i think he's gotten a he's he's gotten labeled in a certain way because people get so caught up in these conspiracies and they just hear from other people, oh, that's this guy about these conspiracies and he just talks about the whatever secret societies and, and uh, the occult and stuff like that. Every one of his lectures are Christ-centered. Every one of his lectures are how does this play into the great controversy? Right. And one of we, you know, we went and saw him. This last week, and I don't know if he said that. I watched a couple of his lectures this week, but he made a comment recently, and I thought it, it puts it best. He said, "You know, I take this information out here—the news, these other pieces of information—and he said, I just run them through the filter of the Bible, That's through right. the Word, and then he said, this is what comes out. This That's is right. not my opinion. It's not—it's—it's it's just looking at current events, you know, through the filter of the Bible. He just has an exceptionally." unique perspective and ability and a mind yes. to do that. He's a very gifted, he has a very gifted mind for but, sure. You know, kind of stepping back here, not to get too ahead of, of ourselves in the story. So you watched the lectures work. I didn't see all of them at that time. I probably watched maybe a third of them mm-hmm. with you. I didn't just couldn't, they were very tedious to me. I, you, yeah. <laughs> they really hooked you more. They're very tedious to me. I remember, you know, just to be honest, my reaction to them was not positive. Personally, my reaction after getting through a chunk of that was just sobering. I felt like everything that I had ever thought or uh, pursued or desired, everything had now been exposed. That's- and it's all just like garbage. And it was, it, it, it really was, it was a sobering thing. How did it, I mean, how did it hit you? I think you were a little The more- exact same way. It was the exact same thing. It was like... That moment that I realized everything that I've ever known or believed in or have been taught was completely turned upside down. 
And to me, I was at a point in my life where I was ready for some kind of a change. You know, the Lord had brought me to this point and it was a divine appointment when those lectures came into my life. So I was prepared for it uh, and I was ready for a change. So this, this was exactly what I needed. And I remember going halfway, getting halfway, three quarters of the way through the lectures, you know, it, it got very, because keep in mind, I was not an Adventist. I was a very weak Christian at best. Um, wasn't very learned in the Bible. And, um, so when I heard all this stuff and the great controversy for the first time and how, Satan has woven himself into the fabric of our society, into every sect of our society. And it was very overwhelming. It was like, this is way too big. This is, this is, how is this ever going to be resolved? It's too big. It's been going on for too long. Like there's no way, because before this, I thought, you know, we can make a difference. We can change this. Yes, the world is going in this direction, but we can change this. When I saw this, it's like, there's no changing this. But then he started getting into Daniel and Revelation. And, you know, the verse that sticks out is, um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And, when I was, when I learned about, you know, the beginning of the great controversy and the fall of man, that Adam gave up his right to this earth, to Lucifer, whenever he ate of the apple, it's like, oh, this makes so much sense. Right. That's why this is so big. That's why... That's why this is not this is not our world. This is, you know, Satan's world. He's claiming it. Anyway. He's claiming it. He's yes, claiming it. And then once the, once again, when the revelation in Daniel part came along, it's like, oh, so this is what it meant when Christ died on the cross. You know, it, it's 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 very deep. The the yes, we were we were saved. And because that's what I was always taught. I had a Christian upbringing, but it was like, you know, he died for your sins so we can live forever and have eternal life, which is, is beautiful. But when, when he did that, he was overthrowing the, the, the claim of Satan on this earth where he was, he was blaspheming the name of God saying, accusing God and Christ to be someone that he really is not. Right. And it just all came together. Everything just came together perfectly. And then he finished out the series with, you know, why is the Seventh-day Adventist church the remnant church? Why? And he biblically went through all the reasons. And then he showed throughout history how things have played out that show that there's no, without a question of a doubt, that the Seventh-day Adventist church is God's remnant church. It's the church, it's the bride that's spoken of in Revelation. 
And um, then he went into, I think the last lecture in the series was about um, the spirit of prophecy. And that's when I first was introduced to Ellen White. And I'm like, wow, if all this stuff is true, this is pretty, this is pretty astonishing because yeah. you know we were all into reading these books right of of that were written you know i always like to my rule of thumb was i don't want to read it if it wasn't written at least you know 75 to 100 years ago to see how it played out against the test of time and well i don't i don't want to get too far off topic but i remember yeah. the first time i read ellen white i didn't even know your dad gave me the great controversy and i didn't even know it was ellen white it just said eg white so i'm thinking it was a guy yeah and i, re- I remember i read that book and i'm like Wow, this is amazing. Like, this is more relevant in today's time than it was when she wrote it. When did she write this? In like the 1980s or something like that? Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, no, it was like the 1880s. I'm like, <laughs> and I mean, in my mind was blown, but I don't want to go too far off the topic with that. But Walter Veith is, he's the reason that I became a Seventh day Adventist Christian. And that is such a powerful story. And, What's interesting and what what kind of prompted me to do this, you mentioned it earlier, was that there's controversy surrounding it. And I don't mean to highlight that or get off topic. I His lectures are Christ-centered. They are all those things. What's unfortunate is, is that when it boils down to it, what he's preaching is Daniel and Revelation playing out in current world events. Yeah. I mean, he's just showing how prophecy in the Bible is playing out before our eyes yeah and shouting wake up wake up you know and you know when you came in to the church you found that not everybody was excited about yeah. <laughs> that message as you were yeah i found out i found out real quick um when i brought some of the stuff up that i'm like whoa wait a minute i didn't everybody because i that's how i came into the adventist church that's what was so appealing to me about the Adventist church because Walter laid down all of the principles, the foundations of the seven day Adventist church, which is biblically founded. And I'm like, this answers all the questions and solves all the problems and all these, all these other churches and all these other religions that I've looked into have. And I'm like, this church must be perfect. Everybody must be perfect. Because if they all follow this, these rules, it's perfect. If they all follow what this Ellen White has written, then everything must be perfect. Well, it was very sobering whenever, whenever I, but, but, you know, that was, that was very naive because of course people, anytime, if you take people out of the church, it'd be perfect. Yeah, but it's it's okay to have awareness. You're not bad mouthing yes, anybody. I'm not bad mouthing anybody at all. But what all. you're saying, you came in and what you what you experienced was not an overwhelming zeal. Yeah, for this type yes. of information. I know when I heard it, and I was raised in the church. So to give you a perspective, I was very aware of the great controversy. I was aware of our view of the Protestant, not our, not the Adventist view, but the Protestant view on the papacy as an organization, that they're the beast power. I mean, that's, these are all things. I knew the United States was the lamb-like power. I knew these things growing up in the church. I knew basic prophecy. I knew that the world was going to unite under under those powers at the end of time. Those are things that I knew. The light that he sheds on things is a whole nother level of things that I had never 
no one was ever talking about it. If other people were aware of these things and these connections and just how corrupt it was, I, I wasn't. And the people around me weren't. Mm-hmm. So I know that when I heard this, and I think you felt the same way, is hearing some of these connections was like, on the other side of the sobering part was, oh my goodness, People would be blown. Their minds will be blown when I tell them. Yes. When I tell yes, them about exactly about what's going on with the Jesuits. Yes. You know, and yes. come to hear, come to find out. Not everybody really wants to hear about that. Yes. yes, it's not a popular topic. And you know, over the years, you know, you and I have listened to it. He's had his messages have 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 evolved with with time and all that. You know, Total Onslaught was actually recorded almost ten years before we even watched. Yeah. It. Yeah. And um, it's been several years since then. And, you know, listening to his lectures and hearing about his experience, you know, that don't I miss that in that anyway. If he if he shared his testimony in those lectures, I didn't ever hear that. But anyway, hearing his experience was that he always faced a fair amount of opposition. And you can understand that. I mean, he he spoke things that, you know, was 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 radical, especially in society, in areas of the world that were predominantly Catholic. And he's sitting mm-hmm. there, you know. Not exposing them, really saying something that's been said for 500 years, but nobody's saying it now. Yes. You know, a lot of the things that he talks about, a lot of these <clears throat> connections people made a long time ago, there has just been a very nefarious plot to erase the memory of time and to massage that history and for people just to kind of gather in this, this, this real lull that all these powers and all these people are all fairly benign. It's all nothing to worry about. You know, these are just, you know, the Pope's just this old white guy that's this nice love the world help everybody kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think I grew up with just a little bit of this but he's a good man doing good things. He maybe represent a bad system, but he's a good man doing good things and you know, when somebody's out there saying, "Well, look look at what this these 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 positions stand for and look at what they mean in the world and look at how this system is blaspheming Christ. Yeah. And I don't and I don't I don't want to get off on any topic, but he he got up and he said some, you know, things and it was some of it was like breaking down, you know, papal garb and what it what it stands for. It is disgusting. Yeah. It is not benign. He is not another good religious leader that we should hold hands with and sing Kumbaya. But the rest of the world is. Yeah. And so today, this message that he preached, you know, 15 years ago is becoming even more relevant as the lines are continually being blurred. And that's what we went and heard about this weekend. He was, you know, he talks a lot about what's going on. Um, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation happened this last year in October. Mm-hmm. And they have cleverly pretty much erased the Reformation as far as world churches are concerned Mm -hmm. with the evangelicals and the Lutherans. And I'm not sure how that's all connected. I know that those groups are fairly connected, but those, those groups have pretty much said that, you know, we're, we're all friends again. And all this stuff that was such a big deal that was so, you know, the, the reformers saw that they were blatantly uh, going against the Bible and that they're the you know it started off, of course with the indulgences but that it was the whole system and there was even a couple of early reformers i can't remember their names it was a guy he referenced in a lecture before uh martin luther that pretty much had denounced the catholic church for what it was even before he had his own thesis kind of thing that he had done but anyway so this this message is it's powerful and it made a big impact in both of our lives my journey is a little different i didn't 
I wasn't ready. I, I know I was being called to them, but I wasn't ready. And some other things had to happen in my life. But it stopped us both in our tracks. And we I knew I, I never, ever messed with any of that spiritualism stuff ever yeah. again. Ever again. And, my, and <clears throat> it's taken me several years to move away from a lot of negative influences in my life. And I'm sure I'm not done. But it... It definitely was a big turning point in seeing things for what they are and seeing all these, you know, the thing I was brought up with that this, this probably must rock my world was that the world, there's, there's three categories, you know, there was bad, there was good, and there was benign. (laughs) And he pretty much removes the benign category, the, the, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just people being people or kids having fun or just, just entertainment or just this or just that. All that had been wiped away, but I guess, I guess what was on my mind is, you know, how could we, what could we say or what, how could we express this or present this in a way that, you know, people could see that this message has an important place and that it's not about the conspiracy. That's not not what it's about. about Conspiracy. It's it's about shining light. You know, it's about exposing things so that people can see where the truth is. Because one thing I gathered from this message and this point of view, because it wasn't just those lectures or one thing, was that the powers that be and Satan, who is guiding those worldly powers, wants to confuse us and wants us to not be able to discern right from wrong. And good from bad and healthy from unhealthy. And it's coming at every angle. And I know that there are countless people around us and even people that I know that that need to be reminded of that message. Lest that we be lured into something and not even hardly realize that it's happening. Yeah. You know, he exposed some messages, you know... uh, that the that's that they what was it in that 1999 it was that reconciliation between the Lutheran Church and or the evangelicals and the Catholics or whatever and the message that the pope says i mean it on its surface if you just read it and you didn't look at it and pull it apart for the language that's in it it sounds beautiful it's like well that's pretty agreeable but if you pull it apart it's not biblical and we've got to be able to do this. As we move towards the end of time, it's going to be more and more important, I believe, anyway. It's going to be more and more important that we're able to discern these deceptions. Yeah. And that's what we're called to do as the Adventist Church, right? That's is right. expose these deceptions and shine light on the truth. Um, you know, a verse that he always um, would put on his, um, uh, like preface his, um, lectures with was Ephesians five eleven, And it's like, have nothing to do with the unfruitful actions of that darkness, that darkness produces instead expose them for what they are. So he doesn't, we're not watching, we're not listening to this stuff or, or trying to, um, he's not trying to teach people this stuff to like to to say, "Hey, look how look at this and and look at what they're doing, and uh, we need to do something different." He's just kind of or, or not do something different, but 
um, what am I trying to say here? We need to rebel against these powers that are, are, are doing all these things behind the scenes to save ourselves and to save our planet or to save our nation. And so many people get caught up in it. He's not, he's not doing it for that. He's doing it to, like you said, to show people, you know, this is what's going on. This is this, this is what the new age movement is. This is what's behind this meditation that's becoming so popular. This is what's behind these self-help books that we can save ourselves. Nah. You know, it was the we can become like gods. That's well, so, the New Age movement says that you are God, exactly. At least in some, at least in some respect, exactly. And I, I bought into it. I bought into that. Well, it play it really strums your ego. By the time they get to that part of their message, you're like, oh, well, I agree with this quantum science, and I agree with this, and then they're like, you know what, you're God's creation, and you are too, and it's like, well, that sounds pretty good, you know, and that's the deception of this message, and. Even more than the deception message, I think there's even two messages that are shown here as we were talking about this made me think. The other part is all the things that are so distracting. Even if you're not the person that's going down some danger, you're like, I would never mess with any of that stuff. I don't need to hear this stuff. Are you getting distracted by politics? Are you getting distracted by fake world crises? Yes. Or whatever that is. And that's why this message can be, or these different lectures and can touch different people because we all have a distraction or something that we're being tempted with or pulled away from God with, or that Satan would like to pull us away from yeah. God with. And and what he has done with these messages, no matter how uncomfortable it is or how much I don't want to hear that my vote this year is not going to make a difference, as much as I don't want to hear that because it goes against my American you know yeah, what we've been what we've been taught our whole lives what yeah. we believe about the fabric of our very society i it's good to hear it because it it helps me know or it helped me know what not to what not to worry about too much exactly what, and exactly. what's what's really important exactly because at the end of the day the world would have you believe there are all these important things we need to focus on mm-hmm. and really the only thing that matters is the battle for our souls absolutely and and even even to go along with that or piggyback on that we can chase, we can go down all of these rabbit holes trying to find the next conspiracy. And there's so many of them because the devil's good at what he's done and he's had 6,000 years to do it. Yeah. And he's created all of these different rabbit holes that you can go down. But when you're out researching all these rabbit holes, you're not spending time in the word and it's just another distraction. That's exactly right. And I think that that's kind of... One of the things that that to me I, I think it's worth saying is that you can get caught up in trying to view every little thing going on in the world and every piece of news through these filters and how does this play out and what does it mean. I think that the message is simple and I, I think that, you know, I think that he presents this message and I don't nothing about this is intended to criticize it. It's been nothing but a blessing for me. But I think that the message is, is that time is short. Absolutely. Time is very, very short, and things are changing fast. And we don't realize that we are the most distracted society, I think, that's oh, ever lived to, to anything that matters. We are worried about celebrities having gender changes oh. and what somebody is tweeting and 
fake news and all kinds of things that don't matter. And we don't see all these plays that are that are happening quickly. And I think you don't have to listen to his lectures to hear that message, right? I mean, the time is now. The time to get your heart right is now. Yeah. The probation is closing. And I think that that's an uncomfortable message. And maybe that's maybe that's the controversy that that we find inside of, you know, the Adventist church. You know, we in prophecy, there's some things said about our church, you know, we, yeah. you know, we, we are comfortable. We are, we are Laodicea and, you know, we are, we are, we're rich, rich with knowledge, all this information about yes. the great controversy and we just store it away. And, and, and I think that the tendency is, and I speak, you know, I'm talking to myself, you know, the tendency is to say, well, that's really good. And got that over here. Mm-hmm. Now let me focus on my worldly life. Yep. And oh, yeah. And that's and that's kind of that tendency because it's just it's just second nature for somebody like me that's brought up with it. It never occurred to me that it's not information until I became an adult and you realize nobody's talking about this and nobody thinks about what's going on. I was going to find something, but I did not. Um, was there anything else you wanted to throw in about that or? Did we miss any part of it? I think we talked a little about our story. It's so funny how time just flies by when we start to talk and just. Yeah, I I hope we kind of went through some things that that were helpful. Yeah, I think one thing I wanted to get across is is that um, this message can really be such a positive thing for so many people. And, you know, if you're inside the church and you don't think, you may need to hear it. You know, you may be somebody, you know, I. I think it's so easy for all of us to get caught up thinking that this isn't that big of a deal or that's not that big of a deal. And sometimes we need a wake up call. And that's kind of what that is. And I think it's that for anybody and everybody. It doesn't, it's not just people who don't know the truth. You know, Mm -hmm. there are some things about, you know, in this message that are a real wake up call and a real, you know, that splash of cold water that we, I think we need from time to time as humans, we need like constant, I think I need constant reminders about everything yeah. that I need to be working on. Like I, yeah. I, I write my, my goals sit on my desk. They sit on my wall. I have to look at them. I have to stay focused. I mean, that's just how I am. If I don't pick what I focus on, I just kind of wander off in no, a bunch of different directions. Thing. And I think, you know, spiritually being aware of what's going around us is is important and it's also important to not get wrapped up on it on any angle either that's caring about who wins the election or how that's going to affect something and some back room deal it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what matters is it's going on and it's happening and things are things are being set into motion mm-hmm. you you don't have to look very far to see that the world's in trouble in the place that it's in so yeah. and that's that's a big i think the first rule of war is know your enemy right and this kind of, for me, and it's not for everybody. It's not, um, different people are at different, um, spots in their, or different, uh, places in their walk and God has led them to different places. So this isn't maybe not be, maybe might not be for everyone. Um, but for some people like myself, it was a wake up call. Like you said, that splash of water that, was like, this is your opposition. Do you really want to mess with this stuff? He's a lot smarter, and he's been around a lot longer than you have, and there's no way you're going to outsmart him. The only way that we're going to get through this is to stay focused on Christ and to let him live through us and to surrender ourselves to him 
every day because it doesn't matter how much information we know. It doesn't matter how well we know the Bible. It doesn't matter how well we know current events or what conspiracy is happening or what tree fell in the woods or whatever. If we don't have that personal relationship with Christ, it's going to be really, really easy to be deceived and misled in these times that we live in. That's exactly right. I know even just going this weekend and being fully aware of these messages and fully aware of what's going on, hearing some of it, I think everything I heard, I'd heard before. Hearing some of it again, it's it's that continual like... It's a kick in the rear end. It is a continual kick in the rear end. <laughs> yes. He is like, you know, I, I heard, uh, I listened to a podcast recently and it was talking about once again, I heard this for about the thousandth time coming from somebody that no one is successful at anything without a coach. And a coach is an accountability partner. And he kind of provides some of that when it comes to what's going on. He's like, yeah. wake up, wake up, wake yeah. up. So yep. anyway, everybody wake up and... Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming in, Justin. I appreciate it. Thank you, you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I hope uh, I hope this turns out to be a, a good episode and has some, some value in it. It's always fun to sit down and talk. So thanks for listening tonight, and uh, we'll see you all back next week.